Hello, and welcome back to another week of Myths versus Facts. Now this week I'm going to be discussing the early influence on American education by the Illuminati and their successors. Most people who've studied the progress of American education believe that John Dewey, the socialist atheist, is the father of modern education. Those who take a longer look realize that Horace Mann had a major role much earlier. Now, while both of these men played major roles in modern education, the problem goes back further and traceable to the influence, if not the control, of the Illuminati. But we need to continually understand that success is always paved beforehand, and what paved the way for man and Dewey needs to be understood. The instructions in the degrees of the Illuminati specifically called for taking control of the schools. The Illuminati degree of perfect said, the perfect will therefore spare, spare no pains to gain possession of the schools which lie within his district and also of their teachers. And the Illuminati degree of regent stated, you must also gain over to the order the common people. The great plan for succeeding in this is to influence the schools. Now consider schooling in the early years. Where was it often conducted? It was the religious institutions. Is that still the case today? Of course not. Today we would say the public school system is the most common. When digging into history, you will find that men associated with the American Illuminati, such as DeWitt Clinton, became leaders in the public school movement. In New York City, a public school society was formed to provide an education for children and parents who did not participate in any religious society. Clinton served as the first president of the public school society from 1808 to 1825. It is also interesting to note that Clinton, a member of the Colombian Illuminati, also had family ties to the former French ambassador, the Jacobin Edmund Charles Genet. In getting back to the public school society, there were good people connected to it. Unfortunately, the radicals held sway. When looking at DeWitt Clinton, he not only served as the first president of the public school society, he was also a regent of the University of New York. This meant that he was responsible for the general supervision of all education activities within the state. Add to that, in 1804, he served as president to the Historical Society of New York. So it was not only the schools, it was history itself that had to be controlled. In my book, I point out that the worst possible people to determine what was history seemed to start or take over historical associations. A prime example of this is known as the father of U.S. history, George Bancroft. He wrote the most comp first comprehensive study of U.S. history in 1834 called History of the United States. Graduating from Harvard at the age of 17, Bancroft began, began his higher education in Germany, including Göttingen University where there were a number of Illuminati teaching. It was also the last refuge of the founder of the Illuminati, Adam Weishaupt. From there, Bancroft traveled around Europe meeting with notable men who were Illuminati, promoters of education to raise up people for the state Carbonari, occultists, etc., such as Goethe, Humboldt, 
Hegel, Schleiermacher, Cousin, Constant, etc. It was obvious that Bancroft had an agenda. In 1823, George Bancroft started the Round Hill School, a preparatory school for students seeking admission to Harvard. Round Hill School was based on the teaching of the methods of Johann Pestalozzi, a famous member of the Illuminati in the field of education. Bancroft partnered with Dr. J. G. Cogswell, who got his direct, uh, doctorate at Goodingen University, where he kept company with another American, Edward Everett. Now, it's interesting when you begin to research all these individuals, you begin to see a pattern in what they do and who they surround themselves with. For instance, Edward Everett was the president of Harvard. He actually gave Bancroft his recommendation to attend Goodingen. Everett was also governor of Massachusetts, secretary of war, and he delivered the Gettysburg Address. Oh, you know, you thought Lincoln did that. Well, he gave a nice short talk there. <laughs> but Edward Everett was the main speaker and the speech lasted quite a while. Looking further into Edward Everett's past, you will find he was the first American to receive his doctorate from Goodingen. Upon his return to America, his first job was tutoring Ralph Waldo Emerson. Emerson went on to change the Unitarian Church into what we see today as more of a community action organization than a Christian one. Now getting back to George Bancroft. Round Hill School had some interesting teachers, such as Carl Follen, who before he came to America to teach at Bancroft's Round Hill School, had worked with a major Illuminati member, Bonarate, who had worked with Robespierre and other Carbonari leaders. Another teacher was the German revolutionary Charles Beck, who worked as a leader in the second generation Illuminist organization called the Turners. Then there was Charles Sumner, who went on to become a famous U.S. Senator and joined the Communist First International while serving as the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. The students from Round Hill permeated the Harvard landscape and ultimately changed the institution from a Christian one to secular and worse. Cogswell finally took over Round Hill as Bancroft moved more into political circles and then as a historian. Bancroft was also a transcendentalist, selling a spiritual substitute for Christianity. As Bancroft moved into politics, he hired people under him who were part of the socialist movement. Bancroft became Secretary of the Navy and started the Naval Academy at Annapolis, where he hired key instructors who were members of Skull and Bones out of Yale. As we know, the aim of the Illuminists was to control education, history, and what people read. As mentioned before, Bancroft wrote the much-heralded history of the United States. To give you an example of the type of history these men would print in Volume 6 of Bancroft's, uh, Bancroft's history, on page 450, he wrote, The people of the states demanded a federal convention to form the Constitution. The Federal Congress offered that Constitution severally to the people of each state, and by their united voice, voice it was made the binding form of government. Now, this is not what happened, and anyone who has studied the event knows it. 
The convention was called to amend the Articles of Confederation, not to write a completely new form of government. As the historian David Seville Mazet said, every clause in this passage is erroneous. This is not atypical of the history we read. The American Historical Association was started by people like Bancroft and Andrew Dixonson White of Skull and Bones, which had a profound effect on how history was taught in the schools, particularly the schools in New England, leading to the likes of Horace Mann and then John Dewey. By the late 1800s, they dominated history and how it was taught all over the United States. We document how they started historical associations, libraries, and educational societies to affect this domination in our book. Next week, we start to look at the important organization called Young America.